Hello. I am not Spock, but if I were, I would tell you to listen to the Inglorious Trexperts, in which our Trexperts talk Trek every Saturday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and live long and whatever. Uh, hi, this is uh, not really George Lucas, but uh, I just want to encourage you to, if you're listening to podcasts, uh, why not listen to The Rebel and the Rogue? Uh, you might as well. If you're a fan of the 430 movie, you'll love Best Movies Never Made, hosted by myself, Josh Miller. And Steven Scarlatta. Where we explore some of the greatest movies never made, like E.T. 2. Johnny Quest. Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. And Halloween 3D. New episodes available every other Monday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Back in the 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are, if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you'd never seen before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So now, join us for the 430 movie. Welcome to the 430 movie. It's Hackman Fever Week. <laughs> That's Gene Hackman to you out there. We, uh, you know, one of the great disappointments of our young lives is the uh, retirement of Gene Hackman from movies. I feel it's left a gaping void in our movie watching Absolutely. but uh we're going to celebrate the movies he leaves behind while he's fishing in Montana <laughs> uh and there's so many and that's what we're going to be discussing and curating a, to live in Montana. a week of uh, great and maybe not so great we'll see Gene Hackman <laughs> movies and here to curate that fantasy theme week on the 430 movie is Steve Melching hello there Darren R Doctorman would you like to see a very, very long arm? <laughs> <laughs> Ashley Edward Miller. Hackman fever is driving me crazy, going out of my mind. <laughs> and of course, I'm Mark A. Altman. Welcome again to the 430 movie. You know, what is it about Gene Hackman that uh, that just, I mean, the consummate character actor. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, has a really, I mean, just, just he's, he's so He's America's brilliant. favorite uncle. <laughs> <laughs> he's not one of those sort of classically handsome movie stars. Not he looks, at all. He's like a regular guy. Yeah. And he plays, you know, and such he can disappear into these roles. I think right. that's he's a chameleon. That's yeah. definitely part of his appeal. But I think another thing is he can, um, in some roles, he's very benign and uh, and calm and uh, a great human being. And in others, he's absolutely psychotic. Yeah. Yeah, he can yeah. go yeah, either direction yeah, yeah. That's right, easily, yeah. Yeah. apparently. Um, and, and, and Steve, um, tell us a little bit about his background. He was a Marine, wasn't he? Yeah, I think he served something like six years in the Marine Corps. He, he didn't start acting until later in life. I think he was maybe in a, around the age of 30, maybe mm -hmm. early 30s before he started acting. So and, a super old dude. Yeah, totally <laughs> right. old. Yeah. Well, we'd be doing a very different week if uh, he had been cast in a TV show that he was the first choice for in 1969. Do you know what that TV show was? Currently celebrating its 50th anniversary. Uh, the Brady Bunch. Mike Brady. He was Are the first serious? choice. That's he right. was Gene Hackman was the first amazing. choice for Mike Brady, and he turned it down. Well, I'll tell you, all those Marcia. kids, all those kids would have been way better disciplined. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> None of them would have ever stepped out of line. It's Robert Reed, Reed Week here. No one would have ever played ball in the house. <laughs> <laughs> they would have never broken that vase. <laughs> 
Marsha, get in here. <laughs> <laughs> and Mrs. Brady would be a lot happier. Well, it's yeah, true. Would. <laughs> but, uh, God, that's, I love the alternate universe version of the Brady Bunch with that, Gene Hackman. That's crazy. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Was he also up for Gilligan's Island? I heard that he was also up for Gilligan's Island. Uh, I, I had heard that, but um, but I, the Brady Bunch, is, I know for a fact, is true. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure well, he did a, He did a ton of television in the yeah. 60s, in the, early in his career, as a lot of actors did, like, you know, guest spots and all kinds of shit. Sure, sure. I Spy, uh, you know, a whole, whole bunch of different series. Yeah, and I Spy, the interesting thing about I Spy, which was, of course, a show with Bill Cosby and Robert Culp, um, was that it was actually one of the first shows shot around the world on film, on location, you know? So mm. they spent a lot of time just, so it was a globetrotting spy thing in the wake of the James Bond movies, and Bill Cosby, you know, played this uh, um, tennis coach to Robert Culp's, uh, no, no, who was the great tennis player? It was Bill Cosby, and Robert Culp was his, was his trainer, or was it the opposite? I don't remember. I don't remember either. Yeah, but you know, it's funny. I, I many years before Bill Cosby went to jail, uh, when I, back when I was a Bill Cosby fan, um, I remember like watching I Spy and thinking it was a really good show. It was a really you know good show. I mean, it was impressive in terms of the production values and everything else. Because it wasn't like a, your usual shot in the studio backlot. I mean, they actually right. traveled the world, and it was a very ambitious uh, series. What, what does it have to do with Gene Hackman? Oh, you were saying Gene <laughs> he Hackman. was on it once. He was on it yeah, once. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was on, he was on it once. That's <laughs> right. Spotting now, yeah. and he's yeah. just one of those consummate old school, old school actors who just love to work. Right. You know, he made he would make several movies a year and, and just yeah. kept work constantly for decades. And it was and, like the good housekeeping seal of approval. If Gene Hackman was in it, chances are it was a good movie. Or at least it was watchable. Yes. And, and he could go toe-to-toe with anybody. I, I cannot think of a time when Gene Hackman got blown off the screen by any other performer in a film. Right. I mean, you just you that always never happened. knew he was there. Never happened. I wonder what jewels we will discover this week well let's find out <laughs> starting with monday steve melching okay well for monday i'm gonna go with one of my very favorite gene hackman movies actually one of my favorite movies of the 70s uh it's a movie that um uh i believe he counts among his favorites of his performances mm. and that's uh, francis ford coppola's the conversation fabulous from, choice from yeah. 1974 um Famously, uh, the character he played in that movie, Harry Call, the uh, freelance surveillance expert, um, it's, it's a very restrained performance mm-hmm. and it's apparently kind of 180 degrees from his real day-to-day personality. I right. guess Hackman is generally very avuncular and, and friendly. And, gregarious. And gregarious, yeah. yeah. And Harry Call is this... Introverted, suspicious, yeah. introverted, paranoid, paranoid yeah. guy who, um, in, was... in today's terms, you would call him an incel. What? <laughs> 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 so this movie, uh, if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's it's terrific. It's one of the great uh, thrillers of the '70s. Although it's a real slow burn, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, one of those great paranoid. You know, it was it was made in the midst of the Watergate. Uh, saga unwritten, written before the Watergate saga unfolded, and filmed before. You the would Watergate never guess watching it, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and of course, it, you know, uh, it was written and directed by Francis Ford Coppola. 
Um, and uh, it was uh, edited by Richard Chu, who went on right. to be one of the editors of Star Wars. Um, it had a terrific score by David Shire. David mm-hmm. Shire, yeah. Who, great a score. great piano score. Very mm-hmm. minimalist, but perfect. But one of my favorite David Shire scores, Me you know, too. along with t- taking Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yeah. It's very simple and uh, minimalist, as you say, but super effective. And, and influential. I think it was uh, a major uh, source of inspiration for David Fincher on Zodiac. Mm-hmm. He, I think he temped uh, some of that. Well, and David movie. Shire scored that, too. Yeah. And yeah, he ended up scoring it. I yeah. think uh, Fincher wanted to use no score music in that movie initially, but changed his mind. Um, uh, production design, Dean Tavalieris did mm-hmm. some uh, production design on, who also did some work on Star Wars. And and perhaps most famously... No, actually, Alex Tavalieris did. Dean, oh! Dean Tavalieris is his brother, who was production designer on uh, the Godfather movies. Okay. There you go. That makes sense. Yes. Uh, uh, and, of course, Walter Murch had right. a huge contribution to this movie, as is credited as the uh, doing the sound montage, which, you know, is a central aspect mm-hmm. of this film. And, you know, it's it's just such a, a, a great conspiracy thriller. It's one of those classic stories where the, the spy, you know, uncovers some, some – hears something he shouldn't have heard. Mm-hmm. And, and he uh, – he misinterprets what he hears right. uh, without don't, not wanting to spoil the ending. It's, it's got a great twist ending. Um, he, uh, he he goes in one direction. He zigs when he should have zagged. Right. And it's one of those great movies that deals with questions of you know um, surveillance versus participation. You know, he watch observes life and, and observes other people rather than participates in them. He's very uncomfortable around right. other people. Um, and it's questions of perception versus reality, like what he thinks he hears and sees versus what actually happened. Well, and it had a huge uh, influence on the pulp version of that movie, Blowout, mm-hmm. Brian oh, yeah, right. Blowout, which is kind of the pulp, you know, version of uh, the conversation. And I love Blowout; it's one of my yeah. favorite the Palm movies. But it's not nearly as good a movie as as the conversation. Right. And uh, what's interesting, also, I think about the conversation is it was Coppola's movie between. Um, the Godfather, the Godfather movie. Yeah, so he Godfather. did first Godfather, then he did Conversation, then he did uh, Godfather three. So two, I, I've two, Godfather two, two. Excuse me. It's one of the great runs of of, of movies. You know, yeah. it's up there with like some of the great runs of movies. You know, ever. It, it's hard to conceive of a, a director just going from one fantastic movie to the next, just back right. to back to back. Um, and it had you had a great cast that included John Cazale, who was one right. of the great. Actors who you may know him as Fredo. Fredo, he one of those. He, he died too young. Yep. You know, he's he was five for five. He I made, was passed over. <laughs> <laughs> he made The Godfather, Godfather Two, The Conversation, Dog Day Afternoon, and The Deer Hunter. Yeah, and then died of cancer, and yeah. it was really tragic because he was such a terrific actor. Um, and of another course, genius character actor. Absolutely. Yeah. You know. Uh, Alan Garfield was in it, a classic actor from sort of old mm-hmm. school uh, yep. Hollywood. Frederick Forrest, Cindy Williams, Terry Garr in one of her mm. early film roles. Robert Duvall was in it, uncredited as the director. Right. And Harrison Ford, one of his early yeah, film right. performances. Right. Yeah, another, uh, you know, made him part of the American Zoetrope family, ended up getting cast later in American Graffiti. Um, was that later? I think graffiti was before. Was that. graffiti he before was conversation? I believe. Yeah. I think it was the year. Before. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but he was part of that San Francisco. Ended up getting right. cast in a small role in Amer- uh, Apocalypse Now. Right. Yep. Then yeah. he did this little thing called Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happened with that movie? 
but it, this movie, the conversation was nom- only nominated for three Oscars, Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and Best Sound, and it didn't win any. But you got to consider the competition that year, 1974. It was un- insane. It was up against The Godfather 2, my favorite of The Godfather movies, Chinatown, <laughs> Lenny, Day for Night, oh uh, uh, Towering Inferno, which, you know, cheesy movie, but it was hugely popular, yes, nominated and for had a great ton sound. of awards. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, you know, it was it was up against some really stiff competition. That's why when people awards. say, you know, I don't know if you've seen on social media a lot, there's a lot, was 1991 the greatest year for movies? It's no. like, come on, <laughs> you dopes. It's like <laughs> who would say that? I mean, it's like seriously. There's nothing that starts with with a nine that's like the best. You know, it's like come no. on. Oh, it's so ridiculous. I, I, it's just nothing. There's nothing in the '90s that can touch the '70s, that can touch the '60s, can touch the '40s or the '30s. It's like come good on. touch or bad touch. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that was great about the '70s was nobody knew anything yet. Um, right. You know, they had basically taken the studio model, thrown it out the window. They didn't know what it was going to look like when uh, when movies sort of reemerged into a new model. So everybody was allowed to experiment um, because the studio simply didn't know what was going to work and what wasn't. Uh, and I don't think, or at they, least at that point, they didn't they didn't pretend that they they did. didn't pretend yeah. that they knew. They just kind of let the creative people go off and, right. and do their thing. Every so often, you know, they would you know they would get like a you know Heaven's Gate or whatever. But yeah. uh, but for the most part, I mean, we've had this conversation on um, on panels at, at Comic Con. But it was like 1982 was probably the year that they figured out what the model was, and by 1987, <laughs> uh, they started to crank it back into a, a different version of studio movies. But until then, you had Coppola making movies like The Conversation, which I don't I mean he could make it today, but when we say it's slow burn, I think what we mean is it's kind of no burn, yeah. which I love. But you know, if you are ADD as hell and not taking your meds, um, it's it's probably not the movie for you. It even doesn't though it's incredibly really work on rewarding. A phone, does it? <laughs> no, it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not going to be a quibby production. Yeah, it's right. very. Uh, uh, <laughs> 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 it's very sort of slow paced, deliberate, quiet. There's very little action in it but there's some great sh- scenes of shock and, and suspense now, totally. am I wrong in saying this was the first and the last we made by the director's company wasn't this was it because it was there was Coppola freaking and um and Bogdanovich formed yeah. a company to, mm. no maybe it wasn't it wasn't it was not I think there was one before that yeah and no I, I, yeah I don't I don't think it was because I think um Bogdanovich was the one who killed the director's company. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't Coppola. Um, but what's really interesting, I, I think, and I, I doubt that this will be nominated for uh, this week, or but um, is that uh, very cagely Hackman when he did Enemy of the State wore mm. his glasses for yeah. the conversation and because rain, the character was very similar. That's funny. And he paid homage to his own role. Right. And I don't know if that was Tony Scott or Gene Hackman doing that, but it's great. And actually, Enemy of the State. You know, we talk about a popcorn version of the conversation. It's kind of the popcorn version of the conversation too, and it, it, it's it's really you know quite entertaining. It's yeah. not in the same league as, right. as, very as the conversation. Type of yeah, movie. very different type. But uh, I was I was such a fan of this movie. My first trip to San Francisco, I immediately had to go to Union Square, mm-hmm. where sort of the major events of the catalytic events of the movie unfold, right. and walk you know oh, retrace yeah, that square, the retrace the steps, yeah, yeah and look up at Climb the, the steps of Mount Salea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That that sequence was actually shot by Haskell Wexler, mm-hmm. uh, who was then fired. <laughs> but he was doing what the parallax view around that time and yeah. stuff, and I mean, freaking genius. 
Um, okay, so Monday, great choice, great way to start us off the conversation. I think uh, we're going to have a lot of tune out during the commercials, but they don't know what they're missing. So, uh, Darren Doctorman, Tuesday. Well, I, you know, I'm going to break a rule on here, and I'm oh, going crap. to pick a movie that had been picked before. Oh, you can't do that. I have to. Why? I have to because. Oh, I know why. Because it is probably my favorite role for him, and his most uh, his most financially uh, beneficial to himself. And that is Lex Luthor in Superman. Well, I was just going to say, you could pick Superman 2 because Superman 1 was not... Uh... But he's hardly in Superman 2. Yeah. And, and that, but, but that's part of the story. Okay. See? Uh, so uh, so let, me, let, me, let me do Superman 1 the and 2. The dam is breaking. Yeah, <laughs> at, let, let me do it as, as, as two movies it melded into one. Okay. Um, because my. his performance is so wonderfully... Fiendishly gifted. No, it's, <laughs> it's so off the off the charts, but still in reality, it's he pushes the the boundaries of reality for this uh, strange megalomaniacal character, and still keeps it within a a range that is uh, sane, which is an amazing feat. Um, he is he is swinging from the rafters in every scene, and yet um, he's he's playing it so real. He keeps it he's keeping it real, baby. <laughs> and uh, I just love every every moment that Hackman is in this. Um, there is a there is a story that when he was uh, hired uh, to be in the film, Richard Donner went to meet him, and of course Hackman at the time in the seventies he had this mustache. He and and it was sort of like he thought of it as his trademark. Yeah, the night moves mustache. In in all of his all of his films, he had this mustache, and it was and it was something that he was recognized for, and he wanted to keep it. And um, Donner thought and thought and thought of a way to get Hackman to back down on this and shave his damn mustache. Like Cesar Romero, and who wouldn't do it. <laughs> and when he went to meet with Hackman. Um, Donner had a mustache too, and he says, "Look, please, the character can't have a mustache. In the comic book, he's completely bald. We won't, we won't have you be bald during the whole movie. But please, you can't have the mustache. Look, if you shave yours off, I'll shave mine off." <laughs> <laughs> and so, finally, Hackman backed down and said, "All right, fine, fine, I'll shave mine off." If you shave yours off. And so first day of shooting, Hackman comes in, uh, shaved mustache, and uh, Donner greets him and says, oh, thank thank you, Gene. That that looks so much better for this character. I, I appreciate you. And, and Hackman says, I, I thought you were going to shave yours off. And Donner reaches up to his face and pulls <laughs> off his fake mustache that he had been wearing the entire time that he saw Hackman. And... and Hackman just started laughing hysterically. <laughs> and that's one of these wonderful Richard Donner stories that I'm sure has been um, has been modified over the years, but I still love it. Um, and look, he was he was one of the two names that got the movie sold, right? Uh, him and Marlon Brando were in the first trailer for it because no one knew who Christopher Reeve is. No one knew who anyone else in the movie was. But... Hackman and Brando 
were these bankable stars, and they got the funding for the Salkinds. And he is one of the most exciting parts of the movie. Um, almost every one of his lines in the movie is quotable. And it's just it's just such a wonderful thing. And when they when they got around to uh, finally uh, doing uh, Superman two, <coughs> pardon me they they shot they shot most of Superman and Superman two together as one production um, until about three quarters of the way through when they realized they just needed to finish the f- the first movie. So they stopped shooting two. And they finished one, and then they fired Richard Donner and brought in uh, uh, another director, Richard Lester. Richard, Richard Lester, for the second one. And Hackman refused to come back. Mm. Hackman, uh, based on his loyalty to Richard Donner, uh, said, no, I'm not coming back. And so they had to cut around him uh, in the final cut of uh, Superman Two, and they uh, brought in a voice actor. Most people think it was uh, uh, Rich Little to do his voice in Superman 2. Mush, Miss Tessmacher. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you yeah. mean all those long shots weren't yes. really him? That's, that's correct. <laughs> all those over-the-shoulder shots weren't actually Gene Hackman? <laughs> you see, Ashley, movies are fake. <laughs> now more than ever. This. <laughs> well, I, I got to say, based on your passionate, uh, you know, I, I, I'm willing to We're allow- We're in season two. Yeah, I well, was going to say, we're in season two. So I'm willing to allow, but I have to ask, are, are my fellow... We can put it to well, a look, vote. Guilty. I, I, <laughs> guilty. I mean, this. I agree with Darren. This is a quintessential role for Hackman because only someone of Hackman's gravitas mm-hmm. could be a believable foe for Superman. Right. As it's been proved in all the other Superman yeah. movies. And I thought the choice of having him have his full head of hair in the film yes. works. Yes. Because he would be more cartoonish, not in a good way, right. yeah. if he was bald in the whole movie. Well, and he kind of played his vanity. Takes off yeah. The, yeah, it's right. a great it's fun little it's joke. It's a great like, moment oh, at the bald, end. He was bald, he was vain. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's perfect. Right. Well, it's a great choice. I, I'm, I'm willing to, to, allow ex- to allow it because... <laughs> Um, you pointed out that uh, that essentially those two films, Superman and Superman Two, were shot together, and certainly all of Gene Hackman's role was yes. shot all at once, Correct. as though it were a single film, right. broken into two. So, given these special circumstances surrounding <laughs> Superman and Superman Two, I'll make an allowance. So um, says the East German judge. Right. Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> uh, also, frankly, like Superman Two was going to be my pick. Uh, oh, come on. So, so there you go. So I'm I'm all for it. It's not going to be my pick now, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, I I happen to love Gene Hackman as as Lex Luthor. I think the 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 great thing about what he does in that role is not only you know is he you know is he does he bring a certain gravity to it like while also being crazy. When you get into Superman too and his relationship with Superman, like I like they have a thing that's that's right. going, and you never know quite what to think of Lex. Whose side is Lex on? He's like right. the original Jack Sparrow without right. a really weird voice, um, and he has you know my one of my favorite lines from the the two movies. You know when he's like he's facing down with Zod inside of the Daily Planet. You know mm-hmm. it's like I have Superman's address. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just <laughs> come on, it's just great. He's just great. He's great. Well, and all you know, and he makes it all 
believable. That that could have so gone over the top. Absolutely. And it's an over the top character. And it's an over the top performer, but he grounds it, and it's like Australia. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it's just Such so panache. I mean, yeah. he has panache, and he's so. And he looks like he's having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that brings so much to it. You know, that well, he's not. Remember when superhero movies were fun? Well, I should say a lot of the Marvel movies <laughs> changed that. A lot of the Marvel movies are a lot of fun. But sure. And, and you see were... in Superman 3, what, you know, which doesn't work at all, which is a train wreck, you know, Gene Hackman's not in it. Right. But, you know, the, the uh, exception that proves the rule, he is in four. Yeah, which is, and, is awful. But he obviously isn't having fun there. No, no. And no one's having fun there. No, no one's having not fun. Not even Mark Pillow. As Nuclear Man. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Mark Pillow in his most beloved wow. role. <laughs> but, but the great thing about, about Hackman in, in the Superman uh, 1 and 2 is that he is a gateway drug to other Hackman performances. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think it probably was that way for all of us. I mean, had had you seen him in anything before Superman in 78? No, not really. I probably I mean, I heard of him. passed him on yeah. TV. Right, or, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a great. It, I love that description. He's the gateway drug to other Hackman roles. <laughs> He's the one who gave us all Hackman fever. <laughs> and on that note, so okay, uh, um, Tuesday is going to be Superman the movie, or as Darren calls it, Superman. Superman. Uh, Superman. 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 You know, and Superman. it's funny. I think uh, comic book movies was our comic book week was our what second week mm-hmm. where you pick Superman. Right. So it's been a while. It's been a while. You know, it's I mean, been a whole season. You know, wherever 4.30 movie is airing, it's like a year is enough time to bring back, so. uh, to repeat I think I'd probably movie. watch Superman the movie once a year. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's fine. Good. Yeah. And, and no, you know. So say we all. And, and it, is, it is a classic Gene Hackman role in which he didn't play the president or a senator right. or anything, which is. Second only an angry to Mike Brady that would have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday, the Brady Bunch. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> Okay. Ashley, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley! What is your pick for Wednesday? It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Wednesday Adams. Um, so, you know, it usually falls to me to go out of the box. Mm. And today I actually, I am going to go out of the box, but differently than I usually go out of the box. Um, I'm going to pick a Gene Hackman movie that we don't always talk about, but I'm pretty sure Bat having- Bat 21. Bat 21. <laughs> uh, but having- I think we've talked about this movie in the past, but it's never been a nominee. But it's actually one of my favorites, and it means a, a bit to me. Uh, was uh, Uncommon Valor? Mm. Mm. It was directed by nobody you've ever heard of. It was written by nobody you've ever heard of. Um, I mean, people who basically went on and and did television. I mean, it's you know, it's production bona fides are. It's not like it's not a Coppola film, right? It's not Richard Donner. It's not like. Um, you know, great filmmakers, you know, directing Hackman, you know, in like an, an Academy Award nominated performance. It's none of those things. But what it is, is it's a little movie that is deeply emotional, uh, deeply felt, um, you know, has a really interesting cast. And the, the premise is Gene Hackman plays um, a uh, retired uh, Marine colonel whose son went missing in Vietnam and puts together a uh, a private mission to go into Laos mm-hmm. and find him and bring him back and bring back other prisoners of war. 
And the movie is really, it's a man on a mission movie. It's a, it's a, it's a journey for all of them. It's um, saving privates Ryan. It, it, it is kind <laughs> of, it is. And it's, it's actually, it's, it's very sad. It's very affecting. The action is really good, even though, you know, it, it didn't have a huge budget, but it just plain works because it knows what it is. Patrick Swayze is in it. He's actually really good. Um, it has, uh, you know, one of my favorite, even though it's simple, it's one of my favorite reveals in a film. It's uh, Patrick Swayze plays this young force recon Marine who is along on this journey. And the other soldiers who are part of this group that are going after those POWs don't understand what it is that he's doing there because he didn't lose a buddy in Vietnam. Uh, and then what you find is that Patrick Swayze's father uh, is a POW. Uh, and it kind of changes the tenor of, of everything. And it's just, it is so good. I love it so much. Um, I remember this was a film I was watching with my dad when, you know, for the, the very first time we had a conversation about Vietnam um, and, uh, you know, what he had done in Vietnam and some of his, his experiences afterwards as a survivor assistance officer, which is probably the, you know, the most awful uh, job that that you can imagine, uh, because your job is basically to go to people's homes and and tell them, you know, your son is dead or we don't know. I mean, uh, so you know, I will always remember that movie for that reason, um, and I can always watch it. And I think Hackman is just great because you believe him as a marine, you believe him as a father in pain, you believe him as an action star, and it just it just works. Mm. It's a good choice, and an and, and, and unexpected choice, but but not in a crazy way. In a way, you know, it's like uh, it's a movie that's a little under the radar, but uh, that's that's the uncommon value. Who and directed you can, it? Who who directed? A guy it? named Ted Kotcheff. Oh who, yeah, like, well, he, yeah, well, Ted he Kotcheff TV. did no, but he did uh, First Blood. Did he really? Was yeah. that Ted Kotcheff? Yeah. yeah, I'll be damned. Okay, yeah. So, so that actually, actually that's probably so why. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because the action in that First Blood sense. is great. We were talking uh, before we started recording about uh, characters that mentioned the title of the movie in in a line, and I can I can almost hear uh, Hackman saying, "These boys showed uncommon valor." <laughs> I can just hear it. Yeah, that's really funny. Um, what about my movie? Did he? Uh... <laughs> what about my movie? We definitely yeah. said he should be. We, we, we got to We got. We gotta find out the meaning of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do mine. Oh, wait, I haven't done mine. Okay, so I ask you, is it true there has to be a morning after? I don't know, because I'm not picking the Poseidon adventure. <laughs> Maybe for Shelly Winters a week. <laughs> you know, oh that, my God. <laughs> Shelly Winters week. Let's do that. That Lolita. And the rest is preemptions all week. Um, He's hilarious in Poseidon Adventure. By he, the way. Is. <laughs> he is. He is hilarious in Poseidon. Adventure. I didn't jump in on Uncommon Valor because I haven't seen it. Oh, I, I know of it, and I remember around the time it came out. But somehow it's one of those ones that slipped away. I haven't seen it since it came out. I don't really remember much about it. I remember it coming out and everything. But hey, it's my time now. Yeah, we're done with Uncommon Valor. <laughs> no more time for that. Wow. So I, I, you know, look. This is tough. This is a tough. I mean, you know, it's Gene Hackman. They're we, all tough. We all got Hackman fever. Ha- Hackman's tough. And it's it's it's. I got a fever for got cowbell. Fever. And, uh, the for only Hackman. prescription. And, oh, all of a sudden, it's Walkman week. Walkman. Uh, Walkman week. I, I love. I love. I love all the choices so far. You know, I mean, conversation, Superman, Uncommon Valor, or great choices. 
Um, and so I'm trying to find, I guess maybe it's more a question for Friday, finding the balance here. Obviously, Unforgiven was picked for Western Week. We're not going to go there again, although clearly one so, of Gene's great so, movies. I, I, I wouldn't go against it if you did. But I'm not. Uh, but I'm not. I must point out to consider that. <laughs> it is, consider this. Unforgiven does have one of my favorite Gene Hackman performances, though. He's oh, so absolutely. good. I mean, movie. he's so good in it. I mean, and he retired shortly thereafter. Yeah. I mean, basically, say, I think it comes to a point where you've given so many brilliant performances, you've made so much money. It's like, why do I need to keep doing this? I'm going to do a bunch of crappy movies. Well, he's, you know, he's a, he's a craftsman, you know, he's a, He's an artist, but he's you know someone who I think viewed acting as a profession, and he yeah. did it. He worked mm-hmm. a lot, and he retired. And then he retired. I love that he knew when it was time to step yeah. step off the stage. Although so he did are... do commercials for Lowe's. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, still does voiceovers. Yeah. Those are easy. Um, but uh, you know, he's one of those guys. You know, like people were saying for Sean Connery for years. I know you retired, but like it would be great if you yeah. come yeah. back yeah. because you're so awesome. All um, right, just this once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm having a tough time, but I'm gonna go, and then I'll take. I'll, I'll hope for Friday. We, we, you know, we have some 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 clarity. I think we'll have exhausted um, the list by the time we get to Friday. N- no, no, we had there's so many. Some, there's a bunch. There's of so many. That's why I'm having such a tough time. But I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go. It, 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 with one of his supporting roles, he, he he wasn't a star in this movie. People don't associate this movie with Gene Hackman, although he's amazing in it as the husband of Estelle Parsons. And of course, that is Bonnie and Clyde, nineteen sixty-eight. Mm-hmm. Bonnie oh, and Clyde, um, yeah, Blanche, Blanche. <laughs> uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Arthur Penn uh, directed it. It is a remarkable movie that sort of ushered in the new Hollywood. The, you know, was late the late sixties. Um, you know, he was part of these directors that were just changing. Uh, movies it, pushing the boundaries of what you know the shattering of the Hayes Code and um, you know just in terms of seeing violence. I mean Warren Beatty and Faye, Faye Dunaway as Bonnie and Clyde are amazing, um, and Gene Hackman and Estelle Parsons are these two people that get picked up over the course of them robbing banks. We rob banks, <laughs> robbing banks, and uh, you know it's a different Gene Hackman because he's not. In control, he's kind of going along with what seems like sort of in the middle of the depression, sort of this fun adventure, which turns. I mean, this movie turns on a dime from being fun and whimsical. It has that score with the banjo, then it suddenly goes super dark. It's like the difference between a new ho- Star Wars and Empire. It's okay. like it suddenly gets really dark, and it's just a brilliant, brilliant film that I know when I was growing up, like was like the cinephile movie, like you know Bonnie and Clyde, and it was the movie that showed the power of film critics. I mean, Pauline Kael really championed Bonnie and Clyde and basically saved that movie from dying a horrible death. Um, and it was the power when film criticism ma- mattered, not a bunch of people in their parents' basement posting sh- crap on the web. Um, hey, and- leave me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I love Bonnie and Clyde. I think he's great. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the best performance in that movie because, I mean, Warren Beatty and, and Faye Dunaway are both so great. And Stel Parsons, who I think won the Oscar that year, mm-hmm. uh, is, 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 is great. But... Um, but yeah, my my pick for Thursday would be uh, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Well, that's a hell of a pick. 
Um, and I mean, because I think Bonnie and Clyde is a, an amazing movie. I mean, and as you suggested, it was very considered very transgressive at yeah, the time. Yeah, absolutely. Because it it was really the first movie that, well, I don't want to say it was the first movie that romanticized an antihero, because I think there were lots of gangster movies that sure. kind of did that. But I right, think. Right, but they always, there was always a moral that's right. message in those movies. That's right. It's like crime doesn't really, pay. Yeah. You know, and it was all that kind of crap. And Bonnie and Clyde just wasn't that. And it was, I think, all the more interesting as sort of a, a feat of drama because Bonnie and Clyde, man, historically speaking, these were not like <laughs> nice people. Yeah. I mean, so the the reaction, the public reaction to the film, I think is really fascinating. And you're right. It's something of a watershed. Um, so, I mean, I, I think just on those grounds alone, especially, you know, considering that it's in the same week as the, the conversation and that, you know, we've sort of been talking about how film kind of changed and how Gene Hackman was kind of in that era. I think that's actually a really great pick. Not chess poker. That's how we, we put this together. <laughs> That's right. such an exciting period in American film history, that transition from the old studio system as that broke down mm-hmm. to the sort of the, for want of a better term, the, the film school generation or the, the, the critics generation where, where fans of film just kind of took the reins, right. the creative well, it, reins. It, it kind of, it's, that period started with a lot of directors who'd gotten their start on TV, mm-hmm. on live TV. Uh, mostly, um, like uh, Friedkin. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so it was sort of a different, it wasn't the, it wasn't the, it, it, it wasn't the uh, sort of staff directors who were just brought in on anything. That were they, they were employed actually, by the studio and right. went from one project to the next. They were actually freelance who were brought in because they had a certain passion for the material. Right. Yeah. And yeah, he was Buck Barrow, and I, I, it's 1967. Of course, was that amazing year for movies? Right. Uh, just a, it was no 1991. Better than, it was better than 1991. <laughs> yeah, 1967 was extraordinary. And Mark Harris um, uh, wrote a wonderful book about the films of of, of that year, um, and I forget what it was called, but I highly recommend it because yeah, it was. It's called. Uh, yeah, I know because it, it talks about the the. Um, uh, the Academy Award nominee. Yeah, yeah. So it was it was it was about Bonnie and Clyde. It was um it was, guess pic- who's coming to dinner. It's pictures pictures Picture uh, of Revo- no, pic- Picture of Revolution. Pictures of a Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And and then and then all it was like all these amazing it's movies. Guess who's coming to dinner? And, and yeah, and Dr. Doolittle. And Dr. Doolittle. But the Dr. Right. Doolittle stories are amazing. Oh my god. Because it so doesn't belong in the company of those movies. Right. But and it's 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 the description of the implosion of the studio system. Yeah, so Dog uh, Day I'm a big fan of that book. No, no, that's, no that's, later. Was 70s, that's, that's later. That's later. Doctor yeah. Doolittle Day oh, Afternoon. It was yeah, it was it was, it was um, but it was oh, The Graduate. Uh, right, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, The Graduate. I mean, it's a remarkable, remarkable year. Yeah, um, pictures at a revolution. Yeah, it's a terrific book. I, yeah. I highly recommend it to anybody who listens to the show. Um, and and all the making of all these movies is just an incredible story, and in how it is a demarcation point for how Hollywood is dramatically changing. And of course, as all the great movies, you know, our Bonnie and Clyde is not really about the Depression or about the real Bonnie and right. Clyde. It's about the counterculture, and yeah. it's about the '60s, and it's about you know the Hangover. From peace, love, and understanding. Or at and... least it's about the 60s from the perception of being in the 60s. Yes, right. yes that's true. There's no, there's no uh, distancing from it at right. that point. So it's slightly different than... But it's not remotely really about the Depression. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it's just... And of course, the real Bonnie and Clyde were, 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 were loathsome individuals and, and not particularly uh, attractive. And of course, um, you know, well, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway are probably, you know, two of the best looking yeah, people on exactly. the planet at the time. And uh, it's, it's really a, a extraordinary. And it, it's kind of like back when 
Um, you know, Warren didn't let his narcissism overcome because, you know, he just done Splendor in the Grass, but this was really the movie that made him a right. star. And and Faye Dunaway, too, who then through the 70s was just doing a genius movie after doing with Network and, mm-hmm. and with Chinatown. And just, um, you know, it's the, it's the birth of a generation of stars and, you know, Hackman among them, Buck Barrow. That was who he played, Buck Barrow. Oh, yeah. I can hear it now. <laughs> Blanche! <laughs> but uh, it's a very violent movie. It's a very smart movie. It's brilliantly written, um, you know, by the guys who later went did the Sting. You know, Ben. And, well, actually, and the Superman. guys who wrote Superman. Yeah, yeah well, originally who wrote before Mankiewicz came in. Version yeah. of Superman. Yes. Yeah, Robert Benton and, and uh, yeah, David and Newman. Yeah, David Newman. Yeah. So and then uh, and then Mankiewicz famously came in as the creative consultant, right? Uh, uh, because he ended up doing like and pretty much a, the whole damn thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's very generous about. Um, giving them, you know, giving them some love. It's the Mario Puzo thing that he was very critical of. Right, um, right. But he's, he's uh, uh, Mankiewicz is a great guy. Also great autobiography. Um, and, um, and he and Donner do a great commentary on the Superman disc. Yeah, yeah. That's a, well, it came out in 4K last year. It's gorgeous. Yep. Highly recommended. So anyway, anyway, my pick for Thursday, that's a good one. Bonnie and Clyde, which brings us to Friday. And this is going to be a challenging Friday for us because, of course, there's just a plethora of I am brilliant. so surprised that none of you brought up probably his most um, famous movie, from the 70s. The French Connection. The French Connection. The French Connection. But I feel, Nobody's didn't we do French... Oh, wait, hold on. If I may uh, uh, ask, uh, uh, did we do French Connection before? I think I think we did, because I think it was a Friday pick one one week. I, I remember... I'm, sure. I'm pretty I sure we did not. Did. I don't think we did. We, yeah, it's, it's available. It's available. Yeah. Oh, it's available. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Yeah, I, um, I honestly was expecting that would be your pick. Yeah, that's what I yeah. thought, too. I, it almost yeah. was, to be honest. It was It was down the French Connect. It was very difficult. It was down with the Bonnie and Clyde for me and French Connection. And also, and, and also uh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, Crimson Tide. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> because he's great he's in that. He's amazing sure. in Crimson and, Tide. And, and Denzel's great in that. And I will go to the mattresses for Crimson Tide. And it, it got beat out. Because we we went with uh, Hunt for Red week. October and under right. the, it didn't make the cut on Under the Sea Week, and I'm just a huge Crimson Tide fan. I Me couldn't too. get it well, over the line. Well, you keep doing that. I, I, he's so great in that, and the scenes between because he's not wrong, but he's right. wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. But he's not wrong, but he <laughs> just owns the stage, man. And again, you talk about like not getting blown off the stage by any other actor. I mean, he's in this movie with it's basically this little you know stage play with right. Denzel Washington. And like Hackman just owns it. He owns it. Those two were so evenly matched. It's so close with I mean the way he's mocking Denzel, you know, who's like he's book smart but doesn't have the experience. Yeah. I mean it's 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 freaking great. And then his little dog and at, mm-hmm. the, at the end, I mean it's just like and they have the scene where he says, You were right. But that doesn't make you right, you know. It's like mm-hmm. it's it's really it's such a great movie, and I you know I've said it again. It's like to me, it's Tony Scott's best film. As much as I love The Hunger, um, <laughs> for other reasons, but uh, but yeah, I mean, but French Connection, I mean, remarkable. I mean, talk about freaking great, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the '80s movies that people just adore him in um, was Hoosiers, of Hoosiers. course. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just had an incredible run in the 80s. I mean, Hoosiers, uh, Mississippi Burning, which is a polarizing film, but I, I'm a big Alan Parker fan. I, I like Mississippi Burning. I understand right. why people don't. Right. Um, it's funny. I always confuse uh, Hoosiers and Rudy. 
I always oh, yeah. say I think they're the same movie, and I would like to see them be the same movie. Well, Rudy's <laughs> football and Hoosiers is basketball. I know, but it's <laughs> but they're the same movie. Hoosiers is good though. I mean, Rudy's good too. But... I agree. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. I'm just saying in that in that vast library that is my, uh, you know. But you know what's remarkable about him too? He could do comedy too. Look at the yeah. bird, the birdcage. Or Get sure. Shorty. He's hysterical. In, uh, well, Get Shorty. Right. I mean, oh my God, yeah. how great is he in Get Shorty? Everyone's great. Travolta's great. Delroy Lindo. Lindo. Oh my gosh. They I mean, say the you know, smog <laughs> is the reason why the sunsets are so beautiful in L.A. That's really funny because when I got home from recording the last four thirty movie, first thing my wife says says, "How was four thirty movie test?" I went great. She goes, "Did they actually curse?" I'm like, "No, he was very restrained." She said, "Good." <laughs> so, um, oh, but yeah, get short. <laughs> get, get 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 shorty is so great. Um, and and Barry Sonnenfeld, where his visual style actually matches the material. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny, but Hackman is this down on his luck, just loser producer. I mean, you think about like Mr. Lovejoy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of the same role Alan Arkin played in Oregon, but it's the more comedic version. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's just it's so great. But Um, I think it's it's hard to you know, it's hard to vote against the French Connection for me because like not only is that a great movie and he's great in it, it really it's one of those rare films that actually creates and defines an entire genre. Right. Right. It's like it was the diehard of the, the 70s. It's the movie. Okay, I'm going to yeah, do yeah. something the I've never done on the show. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Uh-oh. I'm going to tell you. you here's tell here's the problem with the French Connection. Tell okay. you what the problem with the French Connection. What's the problem? We, in a couple of weeks, are doing a show called Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I was saving French Connection for, <laughs> oh. for, for trains. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But, uh, you know... I, if you had done that, and you're not going to now. No, <laughs> clearly not. If you had, um, I would have argued completely against it because I, I'm it's thinking not really that a movie about a train. it's not no. a movie about a train. Yeah. Yeah. It has a train in it. No, it's, yeah. and, Fine. and if anything, I would say it's a movie about a car chase. Planes, right. trains, automobiles. Yeah. Automobiles. Yeah. Uh-huh. I see. <laughs> Very nice. We'll, so we'll see that on video. Thing. Okay. So, okay. Okay. You know. You know what else is another movie we've talked about that's never made made it to to the to the mm. final. I yeah. heart Huckabees. Yeah, that. Uh, no way out. No way out. Yeah, no way so. out. And he's great in that. Yeah. Although maybe it's better for Kevin Costner week. But um, you know, no, no he's, he's great. great. It's a great movie. Uh, '80s Cold War conspiracy thriller. Based Spot, on yeah. um, the Big Clock with Ray Milland, yeah. much better than the Big Clock, actually. Don't um, tell that to Ray Milland. Well, well, <laughs> let me let me tell you guys something. I'm going to tell you. Yes, we've got a show you coming up in a couple for weeks <laughs> for, for Spy Week. Uh-huh. I, I was gonna I was gonna you know make No Way Out my pick. So uh... <laughs> wow. Wow. stupid Gene Hackman, he's in everything. I, he's ruining it for all. <laughs> Hackman ruins everything. Uh, he ruins every week. Okay. Well, then there was Marooned with Gregory Peck. Oh, I thought that goodness. was gonna be your pick. Actually, I thought you were gonna pick Marooned. No. There he goes, Castaway Week. <laughs> well, and there's there's another role, another comedic performance by Hackman that is iconic in a film in which he only appears in one scene. Yes, mm. yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what it is. Go, Young Frankenstein. That's right. Oh, yeah, He's the yeah, blind sure. man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uncredited. Uncredited. And he is fantastic. He's amazing. So funny. Because he plays it completely straight. Yeah. And it's so glorious to see. Um, 
But that's why all his comedic roles work. Yeah. Because yeah. he plays him that he doesn't play him like he's in a comedy. That's yep. correct. That's right. You know, whether it's Superman or that's whether correct. it's um Get Shorty or, you know, Young Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> Walk this way. Uh, well, Under think... Fire was another one of his 80 movies, uh, which right. actually would, uh, I don't know if I'd put that in great Gene Hackman roles, but I would put in great Jerry Goldsmith scores. Absolutely. Um, so if we do Jerry Goldsmith week, that might be my pick when you pick Star Trek on Tuesday. Um, well, I think, did you uh, mention Wes Anderson earlier? No, but how great is he in Royal Tenenbaum? Royal Tenenbaum. Right. Yeah. Right. One of his much better I, one than of his later uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of his I think one of his last roles yeah like, towards the so. end of his career but I think terrific so. right. let's I'm gonna do something we don't normally do which is go to the IMDb and oh, I boy. just want to see what his last role was because of course famously we all know Sean Connery's last role was the League of Extraordinary <laughs> Gentlemen and I want to see if Gene went out on a better note than uh, than Sean Connery I can't did wait you're to the find man out the now dog to this question you're the man. <laughs> Oh, this is not looking good for oh, us. Oh, no. Okay. What was, oh, what was it? Talk to me. Okay, his penultimate <laughs> film was Runaway Jury in 2003, which is respectable, right? Um, at least it was a good cast. We've got a runaway jury here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, this one's going to challenge you. There's no way challenge out. <laughs> 2004 was the year he retired. Welcome to Mooseport. Oh, oh my yeah. God. That was awful. <laughs> Why is God angry? Yeah, Ro- Royal Tenenbaums was 2001. He also did a David Mamet film that he was quite good in called Heist in 2001. Oh, Heist. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, well, but, you I know, mean, he, he was went also... out on Welcome to Mooseport, so there goes that. <laughs> well, okay. there's Welcome the, to Mooseport. There's the Quick and the Dead. He was <laughs> like, and the Dead, Sam Raimi film. Yeah, another okay. w- sheriff in a Western. Right. Look at yeah. this, 2001. You know how many movies he did? He did The Mexican. He did Heartbreakers, Heist, The Royal Tenenbaums, Behind Enemy Lines. Ugh. That's five movies that year. And he did them all in one week. <laughs> he was getting his retirement plan in order. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> Got a couple of financial things I got to take care of. Uh, he was in Wyatt Earp. Right. Oh, that's and, right. Uh, the, the, the shockingly, I th- the movie that I was, the Wyatt Earp movie I was most anticipating right. that year yep. had the best pedigree. Right. Um, it was uh, Kevin Costner. Uh, gosh, who directed that? It was um, Larry Casting. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. And uh, it went up. It was up against Tombstone. George the, Cosmatos. The pulpy George right. Cosmatos. And Tombstone just blew it off the screen. Tombstone took it out back and just <laughs> beat the unholy Not crap out of it. Not even Gene Hackman could turn the tide of Tombstone. Yeah. No. Well, speaking of turning tides, I think for us, uh, Friday has come down to two mo- three movies, French Connection, Crimson Tide, and No Way Out. I'm leaning towards French Connection. I, I think French Connection I, is- I gotta say French Connection. I mean, Connection. It's, it's, it's his signature It's his role, signature role, I, role. I think. Because- Of, of all of his, his work, yeah. he's it's probably most remembered for that. And there was even a sequel. Yeah. There was. Which is not particularly good. Son no. of French Connection. Yeah. French Connection. <laughs> I mean, he's on, he, he's on drugs the all the time in France. I mean, it's just, I mean. Le Connection de Français. But, but the French Connection, you know, that role, he, he's so brilliant. And, Popeye and, Doyle, I mean, he's that great costume, that rumpled yep. costume, yeah. and that pork pie hat. And then yeah. when he's in Santa Claus, you know, uh, the five of the, the dime, you know, checking the, <laughs> right. the, the Salvation Army Santa, yeah. chasing him down the street. Yeah. Do you ever pick your toes in Poughkeepsie? Pick your, pick your feet in Poughkeepsie. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, and the subway chase, which isn't oh. really a chase, yeah. right. it's a cat and mouse game yeah. with mm-hmm. the Frenchman. Oh, it's so great. And of course, and, you know, we mentioned before the iconic car chase, which yeah. is just, yeah. you know. Right. There's I only really only one car chase that's better. It's bullet. Bullet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think so. 
I don't think yeah. bullets. When, I, when, I love bullets, but I don't think bullets. When we have car chase car weeks, okay. we can go over that. Yeah. Okay. I, I think French Connection is uh, better. Ronan is better. Ronan is better. Ronan is a great car chase. Ronan is better than both, but but but. You know, let's not let's, let's not, not let's not there. get ahead of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not dinge the waters. You know, I think yeah. in Attack of the Clones when they're chasing Ewan McGregor on the thing and the <laughs> Zam Weasel is being what pursued. What is that? I don't and know. They use wow. his sonic minds in space. <laughs> That's like someone I don't want to meet. Wow. <laughs> Me neither. You haven't met the maniac. But uh... <laughs> Ooh, season one callback. <laughs> anyway, I think Guys, we can all agree. <laughs> <laughs> the French Connection. French Connection on Friday. The Oscar-winning French yes, Connection, brilliantly Thanks. directed by uh, William Freakin. Um, it's a great way Freakin to close out the week. So so great. I mean, you you know, if you haven't seen the French Connection, you owe it to yourself to see it. I mean, they do it every week now on, on these television shows, but it's never been done better. That's right. Than in the the Oscar-winning movie. Not to be confused with the French Mistake. Huh. <laughs> <I'd> <laughs> <laughs> which, which was which was the dance at the end of uh, uh, um, Blazing Saddles. Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> okay, there you go. And on that note, uh, <laughs> sat a Monday. Monday is Francis Ford Coppola's The Conversation. Tuesday, Superman. <laughs> Wednesday, Uncommon Valor. Thursday, it's Bonnie and Clyde, and Friday, it's. We've got to find the French connection. <laughs> Somewhere we'll find Well, it. I have to. Francais <laughs> connection. The druggers. Oh. The dealers. And oh, me. my goodness. Oh, they're about me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the Muppet French connection. <laughs> I'd pay real money to see that. Me wow. Too. Let's go pitch it. Ensign oh is just my down the God. road. Hey, Popeye. <laughs> Wow, that's that's some glorious thinking there. Oh my God, God, what a great movie that would be! Oh Could God. you see the subway chase? Oh my God, <laughs> Kermit's behind oh, the no. wheel driving on his little bicycle, pedaling away. Wow. Who would be Roy Scheider in the Muppet French Connection? Well, it's Fozzie. Oh my God, yeah. it's Fozzie. That would be great. You know, he already has the hat. And then the, yeah. French, the, the, the Frenchman could be the the Swedish chef. Oh my god. Swedish chef as the Frenchman? <laughs> wow. <laughs> or Beaker? Oh god. <laughs> oh my wow. god. And then when he shakes him down in Harlem, it could be the band. Oh god. <laughs> right? It all works. Oh. You know, We're he... pitching this. And then who's Let's his go. captain? We're gonna bring Hackman oh, out of retirement. Statler and for Waldorf this. could be like the captain, <laughs> you know. I remember some a few episodes into season two when the four thirty movie just took a left turn. <laughs> <laughs> shark ahead. <laughs> the shark is not working. The shark is not working. No, it just happened two minutes ago. That was the, one of the weirdest. Wow. <laughs> tears in my eyes. Oh, God. Oh, my God. I think I, I've punchy. seen Punchy. We're punchy. We're punchy, and it's only the first of the day. Okay. First catch of the day. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway. This was... <laughs> Hackman Fever Week, <laughs> aka the Muppets Go Gene, uh, <laughs> and then we there's a whole world of possibilities. The Muppet Poseidon Adventure. Oh, oh my goodness! Right? How about that? Oh, oh my god! Well, you know, we, we, no way out. We have to find Yuri. You know, and who? <laughs> you know, it's like it'd be, it'd be awesome. 
<laughs> I mean, Gene Hackman is like the senator. I mean, it'd be so it was so great because Miss Piggy could be Sean Young. They're That's both right. crazy. It'd be awesome. Wow. It's like could you the limo scene with never mind. Moving on. So this was Hackman Fever Week on the 430 movie. We'll be back next Friday with an all new episode of the 430 movie. All new Muppet permutations. <laughs> and uh we want to thank you for joining us and, and staying with us because, you know, God knows you have every reason to turn off your turn us off. And if you're a fan of the podcast. You might not be anymore. <laughs> you may want to check out Electric Surge's other podcasts if they're still hosting us, like Inglorious Trexperts every Saturday, which is a great show, and you should check it out. The Rebel and the Rogue, a Star Wars podcast every Tuesday. And, of course, Best Movies Never Made every other Monday. Well, we should do one on the Muppet French Connection. <laughs> that was definitely never made, and it would be the best. <laughs> if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts or on Disney.com. Uh, also, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and everyone here at Electric Surge Network and producer Natalie Miscali. Uh, of course, um, I got to ask them, uh, Bill, favorite Gene Hackman movie? Um, let's see. I, I worked on it. I like The Firm. The, the firm. firm. We didn't talk about one. that. Good choice. Yeah, with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what happened to his career. <laughs> <laughs> Gene Hackman, he's great. Now. What about you, Natalie? You have a favorite uh, Gene Hackman movie? I love Enemy of the State. Enemy, oh, of, the State. Enemy of the State. Oh, good for you. Very See, that's Will what I'm Smith, saying. Very Underrated. This man's an enemy of the state. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll see you next week for an all-new 430 movie. Until then, Eyewitness News starts now. This week's episode is brought to you by Biffco. What are you looking at, butthead? This show is produced by Dean Devlin and Mark A. Altman and is an Electric Surge Network production.